This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> Who jumped up and That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw? Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I forgot. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street and Adam Time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the time zone with the least air pollution. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampsToCan.com. Austin Nace is here, and I'm Felix Sharp. On an old version of tonight's show, we take a look back at some my guys from 2021. That's two years ago. And we talk about buyer beware amongst the top five in Campus to Canton's consensus rankings. But, Austin, I want to start tonight with something that has been reverberating a little bit on Twitter. Uh, Dr. Jesse Morse, who is a popular figure on Twitter, provides injury analysis. He had been tweeting really about content creation and being able to monetize it, um, making some comments about people who are unwilling to spend $20 per year. And that started a little bit of a conversation on Twitter. And I think that we would start the show today adding to that conversation. Austin, you are a small business owner, a content creator. Give me your reaction or your take on um, this conversation. Yeah, I you kind of nailed it in your initial response, but I think there's obviously more to it. And what you basically he said something about you know capitalism, like I you know if you're putting out content, you deserve to get paid for it. And you basically said that's not really how the free market works. The free market decides if something's good enough and worth enough for me to spend money on it. And if it is, then then I make money. And if it's not, then I obviously don't. And I think you know that 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 nails it on the head at at, the most basic level. But I do think when we talk about fantasy football content creation, I think there is a really nuanced and very long discussion that needs to be had because I think the same advice doesn't apply to everybody when you're talking about this. There are a lot of people that write fantasy content and they just do it as a hobby or because they want to meet new people or, um, just, you know, maybe, you know, some very small supplemental income. And I think for those people, those, those are all great reasons to write fantasy content. Obviously, none of us are doing this full time and we hope someday we're making uh, solid money off of this, but we're, we're not right now. Uh, but I, I think the advice that I would give, generally speaking, does not really apply to those people. And that is for you, for people to want to have to, to spend money on what you're producing, you have to be adding value to them and whether that means your information is better than everybody else's whether that means you are more entertaining than everybody else or the third category which i think is the one that i'm more willing to pay for is it's information that i can't really find other places and that's where i think the discussion 
stops for a large percentage of the people doing this because they are not providing information that you can't find anywhere else. If we're talking about regular NFL redraft fantasy content, how many websites, Felix, are there dedicated to NFL redraft fantasy content? I mean, how many Twitter Twitter handles are dedicated to that content? I mean, uh, it's it's infinite. I not to pat ourselves on the back, but I'd like to think that there are only a few places or none at all where you can get the content that we provide at the website. I don't think that there's another place where you can go ahead and if you want to compare Devonte Adams to Emeka Abuka, where you can do that, where there is a you know a freshman guide that you can pick up and talk about what players are values. I mean, we've been doing this for not a long time, but the value add for our customers is, hey, go get Raheem Sanders in the sixth round of your drafts, even though, you know, Will Shipley is the top rated running back in that class. Go get Quinshawn Judkins. Go get Anthony Richardson in the 10th round of your of your campus to Canton startup. I like to think, could be wrong, but I like to think that we do provide a value add for our customers. Now, the interesting thing about that, Austin, is, and I think that you would agree with this, when we started this, company it was not our goal to come out and hear we're gonna make some money it was like we're already kind of doing this and there is a need in the space for this information and so we started and i think that one day you know maybe we will be at the level of a dlf or a fantasy points or you know one of these the major players of uh established run one of the major players in this space but we did not start this company saying all right, we're, go- we're going to be, you know, a-, a company that produces X amount of revenue. But, and I think because we would be doing this anyway, and we were doing the podcast for what? A- 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 was it a year before we started the started the website or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that'd be debate and, and Campus Life too, actually. The, the C2C Robin's pod was going around before the pods too, or before the, the website too, yeah. We would have been doing this anyway, and it's just a val- it's it's just... Um, I don't want to say it's by happenstance, but it's just a plus that we get to do it by providing a service that people are willing to pay for. Um, there's more that I could say on this, but I think that you hit it on the head. The, the blunt truth is that if, if, you, if you want to capitalize and make money in this space, you have to provide something that nobody else is providing or have a, a, a presence in the space where people just gravitate towards you because there are some people in this space who provide the same information that everyone else provides but as a personality they are uh, they are uh, magnetic if you don't have one of those things then I'm, I'm i'm sorry like just making fantasy football as a business is probably not going to work for you especially from the independent con uh content creator space it's very very hard to monetize from that position that is why i'm really appreciative to all of our customers at the website, our subscribers, but even the people who listen to this podcast regularly. Do you know how many fantasy football podcasts there are in this space? I mean, it is it's probably more than there are big, you know, big time oh, uh, fantasy thousand football. Percent. Thousand percent. So for for the fa- the fact that some people engage with us and listen to us weekly on their commute to work or while they're mowing their grass or whatever. And then we'll actually, you know, six months from now, we'll be talking to somebody and they say, you said that thing about X or a year ago. <laughs> I'm just like, I talk about my personal life way too much on this show because there's stuff that I cannot believe that people remember and they do. But I'm saying that all to say that I'm grateful if you are listening, even if you're not a subscriber to the website, if you're just listening to our podcast feed, one of our shows, a YouTube page, uh, liking it and commenting and subscribing, we definitely appreciate it because you can be anywhere. There are millions of places and millions of things that you could be doing with your time. So we appreciate the fact that um, you're listening to us. You're listening to us. And for the record, I don't want it to sound like we are turning up our noses at just people who are just creating fantasy football content. That's not our intent of having this conversation at all. But I do think there is just, like you said, a blunt truth to it that, you know, not everybody can 
make money at this and 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 there are some certain ways I, if i could talk to just you know a young enterprising person who is a, a good writer and, and kind of a creative uh, person and is looking to get into this space i i would say go try to write college college fantasy stuff or go we just recorded uh, uh, that podcast with Justice, and he said there's no there's no database out there that has basically dug into like historical defensive tackle trends, like to see you know does does this defensive coordinator tend to produce like a bet like that? No one's done like all of this kind of work because nobody wants to do it. But guess what? That's kind of where the money is because it's it's difficult information to find and collate, and, and it takes a lot of time and and effort. So I personally would point people toward toward the direction of, of places within this community that are probably underserved. And there are there are a lot of those areas if you look at it. But Austin, you and I kind of started in this space in a similar spot where we were not making a dollar to write, you know, for another content provider. Uh even though I think that they actually paid, but I know I don't think I ever got an actual a dollar from that content provider. But it, it was really because of the love of the game and the fact that I needed the outlet. And I'm glad that I found you. I'm glad that I found Matt, Matthew, and eventually we found Chris uh, to do this every single week. And I, I remember we would say early on, we would do this regardless. We had. Like our first show, we had like 72 downloads. And I was just like, that's awesome. We had 72 downloads. And I would still feel that way today. That 72 people were listening. Now, it's more than 72 people now. But we really are appreciative for uh, every one of you. Yeah, yeah, for All sure. Right. All right, enough of that. Let's get into some actual football here. Um, actually, before let me just do the housekeeping before we did in that. So we since we talked about it, if you do want to be someone who supports what it is that we're doing, go ahead to campusdecant.com, two ninety nine a month. I talked about comparing Devontae Adams to Xavier Worthy. You can get those charts that you're seeing all over Twitter right now at campusdecant.com. That's where you get them. If you are in a campus decant league and you are in a freshman draft and you are not subscribed to the website, what are you doing? If you don't want to do that, there's a lot of free ways that you can support us. Go ahead and give us a five-star rate and review on Apple Podcasts so we move up in that algorithm. Go ahead and drop a like on this video and subscribe to the YouTube page. We're having conversations about college football and players who are projected to go to the NFL every single day here around this company, whether it be the articles on the website, the podcast feed, or the YouTube page. You can do any of those things to um, help us grow. And by the way, we, we, we always knew we were going to be year-round. We produce this content year-round, every single week, just about every day. Just about every day. Just about every day. Let's get into some football here, Austin. So we asked our NIL Discord um, some things that they wanted us to hit on for today's show. And one thing that came up, and I, w- it, I need to go back and see who suggested this, but are comparing are my guys from previous years. Now, I could not find the my guys from 2022. But Austin, I found the show sheet from uh, May 19th, 2021. Two years ago. A my guys episode. And some interesting names here. I don't know that we did terrible but I want to go through these names. Um, do you want me to go through? All right, Austin. This is what I think I'm going to do here. I will, I've got Matthews. I got mine. And I've got yours. I will throw you yours. Okay. Each one of yours. And you can defend it. And we'll go from there. I'll start with this one. Austin, one of your my guys. Two years ago. May 19th, 2021. Wide receiver, Jalen McMillan. Yeah, I still feel really good about that. And I think 
that was a long running joke for a long time. Austin and Colin like those Washington receivers way too much. And we probably did get a little bit lucky because they got Kalen DeBoer there and you know he he brought over so, no 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 get get out of here. They got lucky because what you don't even they got lucky because they got Michael Penix Jr. there. But that was my next name that I was gonna say. They got real quarterback play, they got all that kind of stuff. So I I think that was a little bit lucky, but the talent was always there. So yeah, I mean I I feel Really, I, I mean, I, I felt good about it at the time. Some of these names were a little hit or miss. I tried to go deep. I think we all did. So uh, I, I liked that one. I think it uh, ended up working out pretty well. It, it did work out pretty well. And a lot, I've seen Jalen McMillan projected for the first round. I mean, I think a lot of people consider him to be a day one or a day two NFL draft prospect. And if you listened to us two years ago, you'd probably have Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan. And Roma Dunze is projected in every first round mock draft that I've seen for 2024. So, and by the way, go listen to Brandon Lejeune's uh, interview with mm-hmm. Roma Dunze on the Debbie deep dive podcast feed. Um, I'll, 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 I always love listening to the human stories that, uh, the, that these players have. Okay. Austin, you were the, I mean, you even influenced me on this one. Oh no. Mississippi state wide receiver, Jane Wally. Yeah. You said funny. that he could be Michael Crabtree. This one hurts. Yeah. From like a college uh, production perspective. Yeah. I, he famously at the end of 2020 put up like just crazy stats in the sec. I, as a true freshman, I thought this guy was kind of the next big Michael each wide receiver. I don't think it helped that he severely injured his like foot or ankle or whatever that off season missed, missed the majority of the off season, but yeah, he, he's never really, uh, uh, been the same there for Mississippi State. So definitely a whiff, especially where I was drafting him. If I was drafting him a few rounds later, you oh, know, it's, yeah. eh, whatever, you know, it happens. We're going to talk about some drafts here later, and there's a lot of plenty of those guys in there. But yeah, we are going to go over some old drafts here, and it's uh, it's interesting to see where the names where they were selected. Uh, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily disagree with you on this one, Austin. USC wide receiver Michael Jackson. I don't even know where he is now. He's still on the team, uh, I think. At least he was as, uh, through spring. Yeah, he was like he was like the fifteenth. I was like you know a fourteenth, fifteenth round guy in a in a supplemental. It's like you, you stash him at the time, and still before Lincoln Riley got there, that USC wide receiver room was not very deep. If anyone remembers correctly, they they had just lost, or or maybe Amon Ra was going into his senior year. Like him and Pittman were both at the end. There was nothing behind him, so I said you know maybe maybe this guy. Um, plus you you know Colin made the funny sound when I said it on. Uh, campus life but uh didn't uh didn't work out there but actually i think he had like 400 or 500 yards receiving randomly last year i saw that the other day i mean it's he's not rosterable but he hasn't been like you know he's played so you know that's uh not not a bad uh because i think he was like a low three star coming out of high school you got to remember this is two off seasons ago 2021, May 19th, 2021. If you want to go listen to that episode of the Debbie Debate, I think that's before we even had Chris as a full-time Oh, for sure. Here. All right, well, two well, years let, ago. Let me ask you a name here, Mr. Big Shot, okay? You, okay? You've got an interesting list here. Anthony Richardson yeah, from that's Florida? Right. That's right. What? Two that's years right. ago? That's right. After his freshman season in 2021, it was the most obvious that he was going to be the most athletic player on the field. Um, I didn't obviously didn't start that season because Emory Jones started and Emory Jones PFF had Emory Jones as the number six overall pick. Don't know where they got that from. But you saw in that Cotton Bowl game against Oklahoma, if you don't remember, they actually played Anthony Richardson at wide receiver in the first half of that game before they gave way to him in the second, like in the last quarter. They gave him snaps at quarterback, and he threw a touchdown pass in that game. You saw him run over a linebacker, but oh! And we already knew if you go look at his twenty four seven profile that he had this freakishly athletic profile. I mean, it's a very easy call to get someone that big who moves like that. He just needed he was just needed to some refinement. And I think the the great thing about his game is I noticed his athleticism. You talk to Matt Waldman; he says that he's more developed as a pocket uh manipulator as someone who escapes pressure and moves in the pocket well and that he reads defense as well so um he landed and if you are uh an nil subscriber you can listen to my rant on the sharp review the sharp review was released for the collective 
The Collective is the exclusive podcast for just for NIL subscribers. I went in on Austin Nace and Matthew and Christopher on mocking and ridiculing me about my take on Anthony Richardson. But yes, May 19th, 2021, he was a my guy. Did not start that, that season, but played way well. He was getting hurt and then started versus like Georgia, played terribly. Had an excellent game versus LSU. I think that was his, that might that LSU game, other than his Tennessee game last year, might be his best game of his career because he led the comeback in that 2021 LSU game at home. And then played excellently uh, against Tennessee last year. Threw like four touchdown passes, even though Billy Napier only ran him like four times in that game. Ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, it was very easy to see that this guy, he was a value. Um, he wasn't being selected very highly. And he was a, a freak of nature. That's, that was just apparent. Uh, if Dan Mullen would have started him and he would have stayed healthy, Dan Mullen might still be the head coach at Florida. I'm serious. Dan Mullen might still be the head coach if those t- two things were true. One, that Anthony Richardson stayed healthy in that second year. And two, that he actually started him over Edward Jones. So my guy back in 2021. Don't add, We don't add value, though. No value add here. No, no value, no value, no value. Ed. What about the oh. flip side of that coin? You know, I had Jaden Wally. You have Troy O'Meary here, a guy that uh, you, I still don't think you're over this. I'm not over it, especially now where he's at with Kenny Dillingham in Arizona. And they say, you're talking about a guy who has a ridiculous catch radius. I think I compared him to Mike Williams of Clemson. Like this player who is just long and rangy. He's six foot four. He moves well. And he was playing so well in that freshman camp before he tore his ACL. He's torn his ACL twice. I wrote a long thing that was in Burnt Orange Nation on this player. And he just hasn't been healthy. I think that if he is healthy, we're going to see him really have a breakout year this year. He's. We often see these big guys, these basketball player guys, have knee problems, and he has them. He's no ex- exception. He has them. But you get the sense that he's a good kid. He's an excellent athlete. He's an excellent athlete. And if he can just stay on the field. We have, we've never really seen him play. We've never really seen him play. Um, I'm still not over it, though. I'm still not over. I'm still, like, looking to see if Troy O'Meary is, is – rostered everywhere because he does have Mike Williams like uh catch uh Mike Williams like catch radius. And now I mean I don't know that there's anything in at Arizona State that he should be afraid of as far as depth chart concerns. So he should get playing time. He's got a great offensive head coach in Kenny, Kenny Dillingham who just put Bo Nix back on the map as far as people asking he's going to be the third quarterback taken in the first round. So I love his landing spot. I love his talent. He's just got to stay healthy. I'm still not over it. I'm still not over it. Even if he stays healthy, do you worry that the knees just to- – or like, you know, the, the athleticism isn't there anymore? I mean, I think that's a legitimate concern too, right? Yeah, I think so. Because some of the things that he was doing in those practice films was like, you know, stretching and diving and just being a safety blanket for – I think it was Hudson Card who yeah. was the, the number one quarterback that year um, for Hudson Card and just – you, a, a guy that there aren't that many of those guys anymore where they're not covered, even if they're covered. And he was, I mean, he literally, you could throw it in, in his radius and he would go and make the play. Um, but I don't, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what it reco- recovery is like from two ACL injuries, but the reports out of Arizona state has been that he's been good. He's looked good. He's looked like the player we saw. Uh, at Texas in 2020, before he had to go home to his mother, to his mother's house in Houston, who was an ER nurse caring for COVID patients. They didn't even talk. They didn't even see each other. They would talk to each other on this on the phone because she didn't want to expose him to the virus. So they lived it in two separate portions of the house. Um, so still a player, still a player that I believe in. And I'm looking forward to seeing in the Pac-12 this year, a reason to stay up. For those games starting at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. Seems like your other three that you had on here, Felix, Brian Petit, who formerly of USF, now at um, Auburn. 
uh, Auburn. Yeah, Chris Smith, the former UL running back, and yeah. then Brennan Presley, wide receiver at Oklahoma State. Uh, feels like a case of uh, solid players, maybe situations not really working out for them. I mean, Batie is like 160, and Presley, I mean, they just they don't use the slot at Oklahoma State. That's kind of hurt him. Brian Batie, Brian Batie, I think it's Batie, who's now at Auburn. He has had some explosive games when given the opportunity. You are talking about 100. And, I don't even know if he's 160 pounds because isn't Deuce uh, Deuce Vaughn 160 pounds? He looks smaller than Deuce Vaughn. He looks. He looks way. He makes Deuce Vaughn look like he, an NFL size back. He <laughs> looks. He makes Deuce Vaughn look like an NFL size back. But just a, and you said this. Like, what is this guy going to end up being? But a really explosive player given the opportunity. I, I tell you, I'm really disappointed in Chris Smith because how much success. Billy Napier had with running backs um, uh, at Louisiana. There's at one point where he had three NFL running backs in his backfield between um, Trey Regis, Elijah Mitchell, and oh, the Rams undrafted free agent whose name is escaping me right now. But that's three NFL guys on a G5 roster. And Chris Smith got playing time even with those three on the team. Raymond Calais. That's who I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. Raymond Calais was the other guy. And Chris Smith got playing time as a true freshman coming out of Louisville, Mississippi. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember distinctly that game, Louisiana played Iowa State. Like It was one of the first games after college football started at, during the pandemic. Yeah, they he took a him, kick right? return. Huh? They upset him, right? They, they beat Iowa Oh, yeah. yeah. And he took a kick return back for a touchdown. Like, this guy's going to be the starter. Mitchell, Regis were out. He had, you know, was a, a speed guy and made some splash plays, and he could catch the ball. I thought that he was going to be, you know, the the, the guy and be an all-around player. It didn't turn out that way. But, um, you know, you win some, you lose some. I shoot from deep, Austin. I'm not out here touting Bijan Robinson and Quinn Ewers and, you know, whoever the number one player is in the class, I dig deep for these players. And then Brendan Presley, I still think Brendan Presley is an excellent player. He just plays in an offense that doesn't emphasize the slot wide receiver. If you had Brendan Presley go replace Miles Price at Texas Tech, he might be a day two NFL draft pick. I don't understand how Mike Gundy still has a job. In 2023, well, we'll ignore the way that he talks to, about and to his players because that's just a totally different discussion for a totally different day. Um, but the seniority rules thing is the stupidest thing ever, and he continues to do it there at Oklahoma. You got to wait your turn. You got to let you know the guy in front of you gets get, it's 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 so antiquated. I don't know how any coach survives nowadays. I mean, I, I get that. Who are they going to hire? That's better. It's Oklahoma State. But I mean, come on. I don't want to undersell this point. I think Brendan Presley out of Bixby, Oklahoma, is an excellent football player. I think he's got two sisters who run track. His brother is also a football player. There, this is a, a this is an athletic family. He is just in the wrong situation. That's I'm I'm I I think that if he was in a different situation, he would be a player that would catch a hundred passes. I really do. I really think that that kid he's he's small, but he is explosive and athletic. I mean, you could throw him jump balls, kind of like. Parker Washington it was a thicker wide receiver, but smaller with great with contested catches. Ren Presley is that type of player. Put up video game numbers in high school. He ha he's already had a hundred catch seasons on his seat on his under his belt in high school. He's just in a bad. He's just in a in a in a situation where the guys that Mike Gundy has, has emphasized: Des Bryant, James Washington, um, uh, uh, Tylen Wallace. These outside guys that they throw the ball up to. They don't throw the ball to two slot guys. It's fair. Oh. All right. Um, should we go over? I want to, Austin, let's give you some credit here. Brennan Armstrong was on your list, and so was Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford, an NFL draft pick, and, and, and Brennan Armstrong with Robert and I at Virginia I, I was like a, a quarterback one. So uh, looked diff totally different with Tony Elliott at Clemson. But with Robert and I at the helm was an excellent, excellent college football player. Now at what? NC State, and he's battling with MJ Morris for the number one job. Yeah, battling in air quotes because I think we know who won that already. But yeah, I mean, he he was really, really good that year. Uh, as was Ford. I mean, they were both you know CFF, C two C side, you know college side league winners. If you you had them because they really were not uh, 
particularly expensive. Yeah. And Jerome with with uh, Kareem Hunt's un- shaky situation in Cleveland. Oh, Jerome, he's gone. Hunt's gone. Ford's oh, a clear oh, backup. Is, they don't have another guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's Jerome Ford. His value is is, is skyrocketed. So yeah. if you so, but just just between Austin and myself, if you had had listened to us, us non value adding fantasy analysts with microphones, you would have had. Jalen McMillan projected to be a day two slot wide receiver. Jerome Ford who's backing up uh, Nick Chubb. Brendan Armstrong who was a quarterback one for Virginia that year. Uh, Anthony Richardson, who was just the number four overall pick in the NFL draft. And Troy O'Meary, who's going to be an Arb- a wide receiver one this year for Arizona State. For Arizona State. Will it speak it into existence, Felix? That's right. That's right. Uh, let's. I, we'll, we can just. <laughs> Quickly go over Matthews here, <laughs> and me and Austin are laughing because I don't know. I think I feel like Matthew did the worst out of all of us. I also love oh. that he's not here to defend himself tonight because no. we imposed a, a break for for him. So we did. Yes, we did. Here and now he's Let, let's 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 just talk about the elephant in the room. The last time Matthew on his, was on this show, he was snarling. He was snarling. I don't even know if that's a word. He, he snar- I think, is that the word I'm looking for? It's a word. Yeah. He was, yeah, snarling. Um, so we were like, all right, it's, I, I guess it's time to impose some time off. Here's Matthew's list Calvin Austin from Memphis, uh, day two NFL draft pick for the Steelers. It was, is it fourth, day two? Fourth, fourth, fourth round. Fourth okay, round, day, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But was injured his first year, but still could be the field stretcher for, um, Pittsburgh, you know, th- th- this year, maybe. Uh, but, when Pittsburgh drafts a wide receiver, I think you you pay attention. It doesn't matter what round they drafted with the success they've had with Mike Wallace, Antonio uh, Antonio Brown, uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, the list goes on and on. Hines Ward. So, but hasn't played yet. That's the best name on this list. Brant Keith, who's still at Utah, still a good player, might become a, a NFL prospect, Jalen Cropper, Austin Jones, and Grant Gannell, the other players on this list. I remember watching Grant Gannell, who was he at Arizona at that point? Mm-hmm. Just thinking like, yeah. I, I don't see anything with this particular player. That's good about this guy. But I mean, how can you defend your boy Austin with these, with these picks again, this is May, 2021, Grant Gannell, Calvin Austin, Brant Keithy, Jalen Cropper, Austin Jones, were his my guys. I actually really like the Cropper shout out. And he never really got better from his freshman year, which is what we would have talked about this right after that. But he was still really good there for Fresno State. And he was a, a pretty good CFF producer as well there with Jake Hayner. Um, their problem was that they basically threw it to everybody all the time. Um, so Cropper never quite had that, you know, tank Dell 1500 yard kind of season that I think he might've been capable of at a place like Fresno state. But I think he was a really good shot here too. And Gannell in fairness to Grant Gannell, I'm pretty sure like injuries have just totally wiped him out at this point. I don't think there's anything left there just much like, you know, Troy O'Meary and, and Wally to a lesser extent. All right. Um, speaking of my guys, I we're, Another suggestion from our NIL Discord members was to go over previous freshman drafts. And Austin, you pulled some uh, pulled uh, drafts from your uh, an actual league of yours, the 2021 drafts of two years ago and the 2022 draft. We've got those drafts here, and I want to go over them with you. Um, let's go over 2021 here. I think this draft was actually solid. Here are the first 12 picks. Travion Henderson, running back from Ohio State. Caleb Williams, who's going to be the number one overall pick next year. A guy Hall, up oh, too bad, wide receiver Alabama. Emeka Abuka, wide receiver Ohio State. Will Shipley, running back Clemson. LJ Johnson, running back Texas A&M. Ja'Cory Brooks, wide receiver Alabama. Donovan Edwards, running back Michigan. Kamar Wheaton, running back Alabama. Kyle McCord, quarterback Ohio State. JoJo Earl, wide receiver Alabama. Ty Thompson, quarterback Oregon. I mean, as far as campus to Canton goes and freshman drafts, this is a pretty solid first round, especially the first, the, the first, except for a guy Hall, 
the first picks of Travion Henderson, Caleb Williams, Emeka Buka, Will Shipley, that you can't do better with the first five picks in a draft. No, I think that that draft actually was pretty solid. And um, don't go look at the second. Well, the second round's even not that bad. Players that went in the second round, um, uh, uh, Zay Flowers, uh, Drake May, Troy Franklin, Mario uh, Williams, Ty- Drake Tyler, May. Oh, yeah. Tyler Algier. I mean, he he ended up becoming something there. Um, we won't talk about my pick. Definitely wasn't Jaden Wally. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there was. I mean, they're still pretty. This was pretty good through the first couple of rounds overall. Yeah, and I'll I'll just go over some of th- these names real quick. He mentioned the second round um, because people are people would want to know. Here's the second round of that draft, and I'm not going to say the school, so I can just say the names very quickly. If you listen to this show, you know who these people are. If you don't, you can look at They up probably names. stunk and you can laugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Jaden Wally, Tyler Buckner, Tyler Algier, Sam Wigloose, Deion Smith, Darius Edmonds, Zay Flowers, Mario Williams, Drake May, Corey Kiner, Troy Franklin, Jake Garcia. That was the uh, second round. The third round, Miller Moss, Phil Moffa, Cole Turner, Sam Heward, Armani Goodwin, Armani Goodwin, Jackson Dart, Bo Collins, J.J. McCarthy, Brock Vandegrift, Calvin Austin, Romeo Dubs, Keon Coleman. That was the third round. So, I mean, there's still value between in the third round. Sam Hewers, I'd never liked. I have no shares of Sam Hewer. I uh, told y'all he was cement shoes, that he wasn't that good. All he did was throw bombs in his high school film. Literally every quarterback in high school can do that. Um, but uh, Keon Coleman is here now at Florida State. Bo Collins is here. We think still think has an NFL future. And Phil Maffa. Phil Maffa, I still think that he's an NFL guy, maybe a between-the-tackles guy, but there's still some value here. McCarthy's there, too. McCarthy's McCarthy. there, I too. Mean, yeah. It could be a first-round draft pick. I'm skeptical, but could be. Here are some other picks, and I'm not going to go through all of these. Adnai Mitchell was taken in the fourth round. Xavier Worthy taken in the fifth round. Now, you got to remember, at the time, Xavier Worthy was going back and forth between Michigan and Texas. So um, that was... Xavier Worthy story. Uh, Preston Stone taken in the fifth round. Chris Rodriguez taken in the fifth round. One of my favorites, uh, Elijah Canaan, who's transferred from Oregon or from Auburn to Purdue. And I don't even know where Elijah Canaan is now. He was taken in the fifth round. Uh, Elijah Arroyo, who we still think could potentially have a future at Miami, the tight end there, taken in the fifth round. Um, Bailey Zappi, now with the New England Patriots, taken in the sixth round. Raheem Sanders, a guy that we were shouting about. You got to get this guy, just like Quinchon Judkins last year. He was taken in the sixth round. My boy Jake Hayner taken in the sixth round. Um, some other names here. J. Michael Sturdivant, who might have a big season this year at, at uh, UCLA with, with Dante Moore, taken in the seventh round. Let's see. Will Mallory, he was just drafted by the Colts, taken in the seventh round. How about these back-to-back picks at the end of the eighth round? Two different teams, but Brock Bowers. Went at the 93rd overall pick, and Brian Robinson Jr. went the pick right after him. Now with the the Washington Commanders, I mean it's hard to get better value than that in a in a freshman supplemental draft. And Sean Tucker actually went a couple of picks after them. Sean Tucker went after them, and then after Sean Tucker, my boy Mayan Williams, another guy that I was mocked and ridiculed about. So this draft, I mean, we got 15 rounds here. Clayton Toon went in the 11th round. Um, Lou Nichols went in the 12th round. Um, Marquise Irving, who a lot of people like, went in the 13th round here. I mean, there's we're talking about in the fifth, in the 14th round, in the 14th round. I think this player is going to potentially have a breakout season this year. Jalen Noel, the wide receiver, the speedy wide receiver, the number two wide receiver, Xavier, Xavier Hutchinson last year at Iowa State, goes in the 14th round, and Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai in the 15th round. So, I mean, you didn't want to talk about my Torrey Horton 14th round pick. Torrey Horton might still have, might still have, you know, a, 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 a season there at uh, what Colorado state is where, where did, where did, uh, where did he yeah, take he's, all those He's guys? at Colorado state. Yeah. I mean, he was a wide receiver yeah. one last year and he's probably going to be a wide where receiver. Where did Jay Norvell take all those players? Where did he snap all those players from? So, yeah. So that is, uh, that was the, the, you know, 15 rounds and you see that there is still value to be had even in the 15th round because, I mean, Tanner Mordecai had value 
was it two years two years ago he was a quarterback one for SMU. Now he's at uh, Wisconsin with Phil Longo, and if that offense evolves to a passing offense, I doubt that they're going to have. I, let me let me stop lying here. I don't think that Tanner Mordecai is going to have CFF value this year, but still a starting college quarterback in the fifteenth round. I mean, you got value there. Here, let's go through the first round. Okay, so that was twenty twenty one last year, last uh, last season. Uh, Luther Burden, Quint Ewers, remember Quint Ewers came in at Ohio State late, and so he was not generally eligible to be taken in freshman drafts that year. So we got Luther Burden, Quint Ewers, Nick Singleton, Jadon Blue, Drew Aller, Cade Klubnick, Devin Brown, Emmanuel Henderson, Brian Robinson, Evan Stewart, Ty Simpson, Tyler Van Dyke uh, to round out the first. Uh, Austin, we told people, not to touch Emmanuel Henderson. They didn't listen to us. We told him he wasn't a running back. We tried. We tried. But the rest of that round's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty chalky, pretty good. You know, most of those guys have, have looked, have maintained value. I mean, the only guy that Blue has lost some, Simpson has probably lost some. Uh, but you had a window with Simpson, I mean, because we thought he could win the job this year. And then Van Dyke. But he could still bounce back. I mean, it's, you know, we'll see. The second round here. Cameron Ward, uh, Cedric Tillman, A.T. Perry, Will Levis, Brees Hall. Is Brees Hall a substitute for somebody? He, yeah, he had to have been a placeholder. Yeah. I, I, Brees I don't Hall was a placeholder for somebody here. Uh, Tavion Thomas, Hendon Hooker, Amarian Hampton, Kion Graves, Connor Wegman, Antonio Williams, who's our uh, consensus, consensus, what, top three wide receiver for us, maybe top five wide receiver for us, taken in the second round. Relique Brown. The diminutive uh, running back out of USC rounds out the second round. So still, I mean, Hendon Hooker just, just got drafted by the Lions. I'm sorry, I didn't. I don't know if I said Will Levis's name. He just got drafted by Tennessee. Uh, here is the third round. Here is the third round. I'm skipping the first. Devin Leary is the first pick. Uh, Barry and Brown, Matthew Golden, Jamarion Miller, George Petaway, Chris Marshall. Bye-bye to his college career, most likely. Javante Bards, Anche, Andre Green, Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell, Ontario Brown. I was really expecting a big season from Ontario Brown last year. Adam Randall, Isaiah Nayor. And Randall and Nayor are still players who could potentially have big seasons for their teams. Do you agree? Yes. Sorry. I didn't realize you were going to kick that over to me. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of nice yeah. names. And I, I got sniped on Barry and Brown. I can remember being very, very upset uh, by this as this happened. But, yeah. Yeah, um, pretty good round there, too. Um, some other names here that I'll just go through. Jaheim Bell was taken in the fourth round. Um, Miles Price, who everybody was expecting to have Jareth Stern's production, was taken in the uh, – there at Texas Tech. He was taken in the fourth round. Uh, Andrew Paul, one of our favorite three-star running backs at Georgia, who tore his ACL, he was taken in the fifth round. Uh, Isaiah Bond, who's expected to be you know, a deep threat for Alabama. He was an athlete, designated as an athlete. He's taken in the fifth round. Zach Koontz, who was just drafted by the New York Jets, I believe, taken in the fifth round. Uh, Chase Brown, who's with what? The Bengals, uh, just taken in the fifth round. Oscar Delp, who we have as a consensus top five tight end, taken in the sixth round. Cartavius Norton, who played with Thomas Castellanos at Wagner? Some high school in Georgia. I think Florida. it's Wagner. I think it's Wagner. Um, I think I still think that he has a chance to have an excellent sophomore season. Uh, he was taken in the sixth round. Ashton Genty, friend of the show, taken in the sixth round. A CFF stud. Malik Murphy, who I've been mocked and ridiculed for touting, taken in the seventh round. Had an excellent spring game for uh, Texas. What other names do we have? Here? Kendry Miller in the sixth. I see Malik Neighbors in the seventh, along with Trevor Etienne. Both of those. Looking pretty there's a lot of bad names. There's a lot of bad names here in the eighth and seventh and eighth rounds. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins, consensus top five running back, taken in the ninth round here. So, yeah. um, uh, Damian Martinez went the round after that, uh, the, the, the 10th round there to our, our very own uh, Dwight Peebles, actually. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, there are some really there are some really bad names on this draft. So, I mean, it's it's uh, Joel Wilson, who is just an uh, undrafted free agent tight end for I can't remember who. Saints. He's take the Saints. Okay, taken here in the twelfth round. Um, oh, this is a uh, this draft is not this draft. By, this draft, by the way, is with people that know what they're doing. 
So it goes to show you that even they if are. everybody knows what they're doing, if you're 50% of your picks in a year, if they maintain some sort of value or give you some sort of production, going, like you did very, very well in a freshman supplemental draft. Now you don't want to be missing on those early picks over and over and over again. But I can tell you, so I, I, my, my drafts there, I whiffed 2021, didn't do so well. Nailed 2022 for the most part, won the league. So you can really change fortunes of teams, you know, in, in those drafts, even missing so many names in there. Jordan Travis and Donovan Smith, two quarterbacks taken there in the 15th round, who are going to provide a starter value for, for you uh, this season. So um, sometimes you just got to wait. All right, so the, that's a look at some old freshman drafts. Um, I, I don't know if it was Charlie who made that suggestion uh, in our disc, in our Discord, but we appreciate it. Uh, it is weird to look back and see, you know, what folks were uh, thinking even two years ago or last year. All right, Austin. Um, one last suggestion from our NIL subscribers is buyer beware. And so, what the prompt was is go through the consensus top five at each position according to Campus Canton's consensus rankings and tell us the player that you would be most wary of acquiring um, and state your reasons therefore. So it's an easy enough prompt. I mean, we just saw uh, Zach, we just saw Kayshawn Boutte and Zach Evans go late day three. So that's kind of what we're looking for here is the players that could potentially we could potentially be scared of or whose value could take a precipitous fall at some point down the line, whether it be in the NFL draft or, uh, you know, maybe just with a follow-up sucky season. So we'll start at the quarterback position, Austin, and I'll throw this to you. Our top five, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Drew Aller, Quinn Ewers, Malachi Nelson. Buyer beware on who? I think it has to be either Drew Aller or Quinn Ewers because I think – you know, as much as we know these things, I, I'm pretty sure Caleb Williams, Drake May will be early NFL draft picks next year. They both, it's not like, it, it, they, they both have started a lot of games now. They both have all of the tools. They're playing at pretty big programs. Like I, I think the NFL will like them, you know. I, so I, I think, I feel pretty good about that. And Malachi Nelson, again, we've talked about this on this show and other shows. He's not going to really play it all this year. He's not expected to play it all this year. So his value is probably going to go up, actually, going into next year assuming that he doesn't somehow magically get recruited over, which I doubt. So that leaves you, you know, process of elimination, Drew Alar, Quinn Ewers. I think I'm slightly more worried about Alar, even though I think his tools are slightly better, because I still think Penn State will never kind of give him that full freedom to show exactly what he can do. Whereas I think Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, if Ewers is healthy this year, he has better weapons, and I think the offense is better. Alar there, it's kind of a conservative offense. They've got two very good running backs in the backfield. And unlike Texas with, you know, you could point to a couple different guys in that team and say they're kind of leading wide receivers for a team. Penn State doesn't really have that guy. They've got some guys transferring in from, from smaller schools. They've, they've got Caden Saunders, I think, was supposed to be that guy who came in last year as a four-star, but we, we were not fans of him. And he did basically, I think he was a zero last year. I don't think he did anything. So it's it's not a great group of weapons there for him overall. So I, I think those uh, Alar is concerning that way. And then yours, I mean, this is his third year. If he doesn't look better, I think it was injury related at the end of the year because he looked really good before that, and then just you know fell off a cliff. But if he's bad, I mean, then his value is toast. There there is no recovering it. At least Alari can maybe make some excuses for him. If yours has a bad year, he he's just done. So I, you have to pick one of those two making me pick one i'm going to say drew Alar, but i think it's it's pretty close we're in agreement here because i'm going to pick Alar also and it's because of what we saw with dj Uyunglele and spencer rattler with those two players spencer rattler before he ever really even played we kind of just anointed him because he was lincoln riley's next quarterback and what who was was jalen hurts the the quarterback and then he took over for jalen hurts we kind of just anointed anointed him without seeing him play with DJ Uyunglele, we saw him play a game, two games, a game against Notre Dame. He played an excellent, excellent game. He played an excellent game, was throwing the ball all over the place, and then just kind of fell flat on his face in his full year as a starter. We have not seen Drew Aller play. That being said, 
he had some of the best throws I've ever seen a high school quarterback make. Like true anticip well, other than Dante Moore, true anticipatory throws, throwing into tight windows, throwing before the wide receiver breaks. Um, way more athletic than Dante Moore, way stronger of an arm than Dante Moore. Um and, and and then in the the bits that we saw him play, I think against Ohio last year and Purdue, he looked excellent. But at the same time, so did DJ Uyunglele. So of these five, my buyer beware is is Drew Aller. That being said, uh, Drew Aller is still my consensus quarterback or my quarterback, my personal quarterback three. Uh, he is my quarterback three over over Quinn Ewers. I think that I might even be. I don't know how you have them ranked, but I have Drew Aller ahead of Quinn Ewers. Yeah, I'm pulling it up here real quick. I have him a, a spot or two. He might be my QB4. Um, let me see it real quick. Debbie quarterbacks. He is my QB. Well, well and, and while, while you look that up, I mean, Malachi Nelson could potentially suffer from the same fate we as, as Spencer Rattler. We assume that because it's Lincoln Riley's quarterback that he's just going to be excellent. In, in fairness – you know, he's a highly touted player. Austin, you've said he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks that you've seen. Um, uh, uh, and he has every reason to succeed there at USC, especially now that Dylan Royola has committed to um, uh, Georgia. You know, Spencer Rattler had to deal with Caleb Williams. There is no Caleb Williams in the class next year that's going to go to USC. Even the second-rated quarterback in that class is Jaden Davis. I don't think Jaden Davis is a particularly good player, um, but according to the consensus rankings, he's the number two quarterback. The, the number two quarterback, but like the number 17 or 18 player in the class overall. Like not a I can't. Re I can't remember the last time the second-rated quarterback in the country didn't yeah. get an, an elite, elite 11 invite straight out of regional. Like they had to wait for them to backfill the spots. Like that's... I don't want to say the Lee 11 is the end. I'll be all quarterback evaluation, but that's a little concerning if I had to be honest. But you have to be comforted if you're Malachi Nelson, because again, there is no Caleb Williams to come in and, and, uh, and compete for his playing time in 2024. Uh, he's just got to, you know, wait his turn and bide his time. How, did you figure out how, how you had Aller? Four. And, yeah, I, I have Williams, May, Ewers, Aller, Nelson are my top five. Okay. So my, my five are these five essentially. All right, let's go to the running back position here. Buyer beware on these five, Austin. Nicholas Singleton, Travion Henderson, Raheem Sanders, Quinshawn Judkins, Braylon Allen. I'm going to go with a weird answer here. That I think you're not expecting from me. I think this is too rich for Raheem Sanders. Where he goes in a lot of drafts, his top four, five, six players in a C2C and in a Debbie draft, I'd venture to say he's probably similar to that. Uh, I like Raheem Sanders for the first off, and we were hyping him up way before he really became a thing. That when we talked about that draft, I'm the one that took him in the sixth round. I mean, we 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 were fans of him. My problem with him is he keeps bulking. He was up to 235 this offseason. I don't think that's his best size. I think he's gotten noticeably more sluggish over the past couple years. As he's kind of put on more weight, he came into school around 215, 220-ish, and he's kind of grown a little bit from there to the point where I, when he came into school, I had zero doubt about his long speed. I now seriously question his long speed. He was getting caught from behind all over the place last year. Is it just as, as simple as him losing some weight? I don't know. But it's very concerning that a guy that I thought was like this uber athlete has been getting less athletic over the past couple years. You know, I, I, I'm a little bit concerned about that. Some of these other guys have some question marks, and I actually think this is kind of a question marky running back field overall. I, I kind of have questions about really almost all these guys. But Sanders just, there is something about him that is really, really, really concerning to me. And I still think he's a good player, but I don't think he's in that. Like, if he's the RB3 in college right now, I'm expecting a much better prospect overall than what he is currently. I think I have Sanders as my RB2 overall. Rebuttal to the point about the weight gain. He is six foot two. I mean yes. he's six foot two six foot two listed at 237 on Arkansas's website. This is a taller running back who can carry more weight. It's not like he's 5'11, 235. 
I like the physicality that he's started to play with. I'm not someone who's all hung up on long speed. I, I can understand why that would be a concern, but he has the wide receiver background. He's adding weight maybe to play a more physical game to be ready for the NFL. I, I think that Raheem Sanders is going to be drafted on day two. I don't think uh, I don't think that there is a other than Nick Singleton. I think Nick Singleton is potentially a round one, a late round one NFL player or uh, excuse me, NFL draft pick. I thought that Jameer Gibbs was. I thought that Bijan Robinson was, and I thought that everybody else would go after that. Of of our top five, to me, only Nick Singleton has the chance to go in the in the first round. I don't think Travion Henderson is healthy enough or physical enough to go in the first round. Raheem Sanders doesn't have the Top end speed, like you said, that's going to present him from going uh, in the first round. I don't know that Quinshawn Judkins or Braylon Allen are athletic enough to go in the first round. So, first of all, and going in the first round is a rarity anyway. Jameer Gibbs was exceptional at catching the ball, and he's a slasher in the side. Bijan Robinson is, you know, probably on the Damian. T- yeah, it's Bijan Rods, <laughs> Bijan Robinson. So, my answer for this question is Braylon Allen, just because he doesn't offer. He doesn't have a lot of tools in his kit. He's big. He's physical. He doesn't have lateral agility. I think he's fine with his speed, and we don't know if he can catch the ball. So he has NFL size, don't know if he can catch the ball, Doesn't don't know if he has breakaway speed. He's kind of like a hammer that you have to use as a hammer, probably a plus A.J. Dillon. So in A.J. Dillon, what, went what, in the second round? But you're talking about a guy who is going to be probably in the, the thunder end of a committee. Still an excellent football player. Can't wait to see what he does with Phil Longo uh, as the offensive coordinator. That now they shouldn't get as many safeties in the box and move nine man by. That's a team that they see. They would put sixteen people in the box when you play uh, uh, Wisconsin, and he would still break off long runs. I'm interested to see what he's what he looks like this last season. My answer would be Braylon Allen. It feels like it's cheating saying brought buyer beware on the lowest ranked player in the consensus ranking, but it is what it is. Let's go to wide receiver here. Buyer beware, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Abuka, Luther Burden, Evan Stewart, Antonio Williams. This one's tough for me. Yeah, because I actually like all these players, and I think they're all uh, – Burden's a little trickier to project, but I think overall all of them are fairly projectable profiles. So I'm actually – I'm going to approach it slightly differently. Buyer beware if you're trading for Marvin Harrison Jr. that you're not treating him like he's already Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson – because there is no guarantee that he gets to that level. And we like Marvin Harrison. We have him as our top wide receiver. I don't think it's particularly close. I just worry about some of the values that I see. And I like take, I, he goes like 103 in, in startup drafts. I think that's acceptable. I think that's fine. I, I'm not going to argue that. But people are trading halls for him that he has no business being acquired for. He could be awesome. But there's just enough question mark there. We got to see where he lands. We got to see him finish out this year. I just want to be a little more careful with a guy and not treat him like he's uh, immediately a top three NFL wide receiver, which is how some people are valuing him right now. It's getting a little dangerous, but still, still my top wide receiver overall, still a player I love. If I can get him for reasonable price, I will do it. I just be careful. Yeah, uh, speaking of, of trades, I did trade Marvin Harrison Jr. last year in a trade where I also traded Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. in the same trade and got Kyler Murray, Nick Chubb, and Stephon Diggs back in the return. And to me, Stephon Diggs is a top five NFL wide receiver. I don't know why he wouldn't be again this season playing with Josh Allen. So um, I think that's a trade that I would make again, especially because you know, as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. is, He's not a player that like you see running after the catch, stiffing arming a guy and running after the catch, running for a long touchdown. He's he's a guy that you see make these acrobatic catches. He has he drags his toes along the sideline. Um, he's he is a possession wide receiver, a very good possession wide receiver, but still a guy that is going to be you know the contested catcher. I think his value is going to be is going to come from catching touchdowns in the NFL. As opposed to you know having long runs and long touchdown catches, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think he's quite like AJ Green, Julio Jones were his prospects, and I think people forget about how good a prospects. Well, especially AJ Green, they, they kind of had a little more of a well-rounded game. I think there's a chance, and this is not a dig at him at all. 
because I think he's a little, I, I think he could be basically Michael Thomas on the boundary where what we see him do for fantasy purposes is just like volume, which is still like, you know, for fantasy, that's great. But I'm not sure the the skill set is quite as well-rounded. Like Jamar Chase doesn't need the Michael Thomas volume to be productive. Justin Jefferson doesn't necessarily need the Michael Thomas volume to be productive. He might. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think he will be able or could be able to produce like that on the perimeter. So again, this not saying he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. I just think we need to be careful treating some of these guys like they're automatic NFL slam dunks because we have seen automatic NFL slam dunks bounce off the back of the rim. It, it does happen sometimes. I haven't answered the question myself. I'm going to say uh, Emeka Buka, and here is why. I have a problem with these players who play the slot and run routes versus zone, and everybody says they're a great route runner. I'm like, what? I don't understand. What do you? I have a problem evaluating this the the wide receivers on this spectrum. That includes Juju Smith Schuster, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Drake London was often used in the slot uh, early on in his time at USC. I just don't. I don't know how to when they're when they have a free release. And there's just linebackers and like a safety in their zone. And they turn around and catch the ball. I have a problem evaluating that type of player. That being said, I mean, everybody's got Emeka Abuka being a first round draft pick, but I don't like, I, what, Austin, what do you think his role is and who would you comp this player to so I can get a sense of when I'm watching? Okay, do I see that or not? Yeah, he's interesting because I think some people will probably try to argue that he can play bound, or like on the boundary too. And he could maybe do that. Like Juju could was, did have versatility. He he did play on the, the boundary a, a solid amount in the NFL uh, before his knees kind of went to crap. So I don't know that that's necessarily an awful comp. He's probably slightly more explosive than him. I, again, a guy that I think will probably be more volume-based, but I think the fun thing with him is I think you can move him around and do some different stuff with him. I think an NFL offense will really like, you know, motioning him, and you can give him, you know, sweeps and end rounds and stuff if you really want to, and he can he can pick up yardage. So he's, of all of these guys, besides maybe Burden, I think his ceiling is probably the lowest, but I do feel mm-hmm. really, really good about his floor overall. There we go. The tight end position, listen, I'm just going to name these guys, but it's buyer beware on all of them. Brock Bowers, Jatavian Sanders, Oscar Delp, Michael Trigg, Brant Keithy. I mean, Kyle Pitts hasn't broken out yet. So it's buyer beware on all of these guys, especially at cost. You're going to have to pay an arm and a leg for Brock Bowers. you got to invest high draft capital in, in Jatavian Sanders. Maybe not as much Oscar Delp, Trigg. Last year you had to invest – high draft capital intrigue take thanks to somebody sitting next to me here. Um, so uh, uh, buyer beware on all of the tight ends. First off, I need to sit down with our ranking group here and discuss where everybody has their tight ends. This is not, this is uh, Keithy. There is very, very weird. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't think Keithy's actually going top five. So that almost feels like a bad answer. I, I think trig is the correct answer here. Um. He has been that uh, that spring game hero the past two years where he's, he's got like 23 catches for 320 yards and five touchdowns or something in the spring game the past two years. But he just hasn't been able to parlay it into the regular season. He's been injured both of his years in college so far, so that's a little bit concerning as well. At the same time, it's just really hard to find those guys that are you know, 6'4", 240 with a basketball background that uh, that can do some of the things that he can. So I get the appeal and i actually have him as my tight end three as well so i'm not i'm not arguing that per se but i think there's a real big risk there after bowers and maybe sanders to a lesser extent i'm probably just more likely to wait on tight end and take a guy further down you know a a freshman like camorian pimpton at lsu or um I don't know, Colston Loveland at Michigan, maybe. I don't, I don't love him either, though. I, w- one of these little lower-ranked guys and just take some dark throws there. Austin, before we got, get out of here, give me one player after the first round that you got to take in freshman drafts. After the first round. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, 
This is I think Carnell Tate still technically is second round ADP, and that's the easiest that's, that's answer stop in the, it. the world. Stop it. No, no, he's Carnell um, Tate is gone. Get out of here. If I'm not my pull was Caleb Hicks. I know you like Caleb Hicks at OU. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's Caleb or Kaleeb. He's got an I in his name. Come on, Austin. Yeah. You can give us a guy. Right. You've already got these drafts underway. Yeah. We okay, don't provide any that... value, so it doesn't it doesn't matter anyway. So he's actually been going a lot earlier. Earlier now, I don't want to give those two quarterbacks that everyone likes now, Sellers and, and Childs, because that's cheating too. Let's talk uh, Quentin Joyner, the running back at USC. Yeah. I think is a guy, depending on your league, he he fluctuates a little bit, but I think he's the better of the two freshmen that USC brings in this year. And if you look at that depth chart ahead of them, it's not a lot of guys that you feel really, really good about. Austin Jones, who's injured all the time. Austin Jones, like Marshawn Lloyd, Brown. Relique Brown. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it's not it's not a great depth chart there in front of him. And even if you're waiting a year, I, I think he's fine to go the year after. So, yeah, Quentin Joyner will be my answer. Make sure you check out the can- the content, written content at campus2can.com and to support the podcast feed. Subscribe and rate and review if you haven't already. But that's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Curve Street. We ran out of time. We'll get them rescheduled soon. For Austin Nace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck.